Good morning. On this bolo question crunch, the guest is my old friend from elementary school, Heather Maddie. Or should I say, Dr. Heather Maddie? She's a teacher at Harvard, and she's here to answer questions about biostatistics, using data to, to combat the pandemic, and a hypothetical battle between a purple Muppet and a duck. <laughs> All right, Heather. Uh, it's weird saying Heather now that I know that you're a doctor. I always want to say Doctor Heather or Doctor. I'll, I'll go. You know, Doctor Maddie using your last name is official, but it just I've known you for so long that it has to be Heather. But you got the doctor, so I want to do Doctor Heather. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I just it's insane. I think we've known each other now over 20 years. Yeah, you're one of my oldest friends. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I like doing that. I like, it's, it's always strange whenever I hear someone say, oh, my oldest friend, I've known him for five years. I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a lot of true friends, do you? <laughs> I, I like keeping track of where I, I feel like uh, when, you're, when you meet someone at a young age and, you know, you've invested time of, like, being friends, I want to hear. I, know, I love hearing about their successes. And hearing, seeing you whenever, when you mentioned that uh, now I've got, the, I've got the doctor title, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I was cheering. It was amazing. Yay. <laughs> um, and while you have, in years past, told me what you do, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of subjects and a lot of uh, terminology that you've used that uh, I have not known or... <laughs> Uh, understood, um, but that doesn't mean that I, I I still love hearing about you nerd out about math and numbers, <laughs> um, and reading the articles about you and seeing uh, my favorite one is saying uh, biostatistics. All the articles say, oh, you're into biostatistics. I'm like, I get that biostatistics. I understand that, but in what is biostatistics? It's a great question, and I get that asked that all the time. Um, <clears throat> My simplest explanation is that it's statistical analysis or statistics for biomedical data. So I'm just a stats nerd, but I don't, you know, predict baseball games and sports. I predict if, you know, the risk of cardiovascular disease or something like that. Now, I, I apologize for asking you because you're like, oh, I get that asked all the time. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I love explaining it because, to be honest, in 2010, when... I applied it to, to get my PhD in it. Um, I thought it was fake. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> so I was one of those people that was like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? So how do you apply for it then? Like, if you thought it was fake, like, <laughs> well, I'm going to apply for which or biostatistics. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. Um, I had a professor my last semester of my master's um, program in math who the, the whole course was basically a biostatistics course. It just wasn't taught. It wasn't called that. And she said, you know what? You're so passionate about this. And I know you're getting bored with like straight up math. <laughs> if you want abilities for good, why don't you check out biostatistics? And I was like, that sounds super fake. Um, but <laughs> one, one Google search later, <laughs> I found like 12 programs to apply to. So it exists. It's existed I like for a long time. I like it that you said you you know use your tools for good because mm -hmm. I feel like uh, most people when they because like uh, my my roommate's a chemist and I'm just like you're one accident away from being a supervillain 
and I, 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 I <laughs> was there an option for you to use your tools of math wrong? Like, did the, did the teacher say that you can go left or right? Which one do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did do a project for Boeing who was working on, like, perfecting missiles. Oh, um, no. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't working on that project. I just was introduced to people at the office working on that. And they were like, look at this. We can get this missile, like, within 10 feet of the target. And I was like, oh, I don't feel comfortable now. <laughs> <laughs> I worked on planes. <laughs> Y'all are doing something weird over here. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I definitely wanted to use it for more good than <laughs> blowing things up. Sure. I feel like uh, that 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 I feel like that elaborated Tony Stark's choice of like when he when he was doing weapons, it's like you could have always chose not to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn. Um, so then how, how do you do that? Do you, you compile data to predict cardiovascular disease? Yeah. Um, uh, you just. You just, you get Because <laughs> I'm not just. I'm never going to just. You just get the data. Um, okay, you... cool. Well, I'll do that tomorrow. <laughs> um, luckily, there are um, a lot of open source data sets, you know, that you can, like, play around with and teach yourself how to code and how to do analyses. Um, but a lot of times when you're doing, like, you know, I don't want to say cutting edge because that sounds so bougie, but like cutting edge Do it. research. Um, you, so not an edge of sketch. <laughs> no. <laughs> you um, get grants for the government to do a study, like a clinical trial or something, and then you collect all the data and then you pass it off to like a biostatistician to um, analyze that, see what insights they can get. Um, I love telling people like, you know, the main reason we know smoking is bad for you is because biostatisticians proved it um, with all their analyses. Um, and so um, you can do different things. You can either do inference, which means I'm finding things that are associated with each other, um, like smoking is associated with lung cancer. Or you can do prediction, which is like I'm, you know, predicting that is always bad. You're going to die within seven days of being in the ICU or something. Um, and so I leaned towards, I've done both, but I'm leaning more towards the prediction side because um, data science and machine learning is more in the prediction realm. <laughs> more terms at you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. This is, uh, this is helping me out. Uh, this has helped me understand uh, the articles I have read uh, a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I love it whenever, because uh, like you were interviewed, I listened to the interview on NPR, and I've uh, I've read a bunch of articles. And one thing that I really love about your articles is that you are focusing on uh, equal representation and uh, not just focusing on one group of people, making sure it's uh, it's all across the board. And I love that because that is, as a privileged white guy. I did not know how how much discrimination there was in the medical <laughs> department. <laughs> I didn't know before I started my PhD, to be honest. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, and then especially, and I've actually learned how bad it is <laughs> uh, since graduating and, and working with a couple of clinicians um, 
couple of my colleagues on different um, projects. And then, you know, having algorithmic bias come out everywhere. I was like, ooh, this is a big problem. Yeah. And like, and you know, a lot of the, um, the medical standards, like what a healthy BMI is or a healthy cholesterol level, a lot of those rules came from studying white men only. Shit. <laughs> and they're applied to everybody else. <laughs> and, it, and maybe, maybe it's great. Maybe it works for everybody, but maybe it doesn't. And so, um, where a lot of people are going back and saying, all right, we came up with these like thresholds of like healthy versus not versus really at risk with new data and all and uh, from uh, more representative population can do these hold or should we kind of tweak them a little bit? Um, and so that's been, that's been really interesting to kind of like not take what the doctor says as the golden rule and just kind of like double check it. You know, I thought that was kind of fascinating. And I think that that's uh, always a good thing whenever I hear about scientists doing that, because uh, when I've told people, uh, especially during this pandemic, when they're like, uh, uh, when I tell people you got to listen to doctors, I make sure that it has to be plural because one doctor can say this. I like I like scientists and medical people who argue and try to find something better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Try try to figure out what is the best option. And uh, yeah, um, I, I when I I think it was John Oliver that introduced it to me the the discrimination that is in the medical field because I always know that when I go to the hospital I get checked out and I just get the answer and we're good. You know, they might figure it out or they might say drink water and sleep better. And I'm like, no, doctor, never. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when I heard about other people, uh, uh, other group, other communities, um, where a doctor is like, I don't believe that when you say you've got pain, I don't believe it's really that bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna ignore that. My friend, um, she's not white <laughs> she was pregnant and the nurse told her to go home because she didn't think that she was in labor didn't check her didn't do anything just didn't believe her and then she had she came back 30 minutes later and almost had her daughter in the lobby oh my um, god <laughs> yeah, just, just a bit upset <laughs> um it's it's I mean you know it's worse in some areas and and I I really I think I'm lucky to work with in the Boston area with a lot of clinicians and, and professionals who know about this um, uh-huh. and care about this and um, really put the patient first and listen to the patient. Um, but it's definitely not the norm, I would say. I think one of my friends, when I mentioned, when I mentioned the, uh, <laughs> the realization of the, of the medical field um, and my friend Nathan, he's, he's black. And he was saying that he, <laughs> a doctor didn't take him seriously until he passed out. In, in like the office and I'm like oh my god that's that's oh not good <laughs> and, I, I, and I laugh I laugh because that's my coping mechanism but really that's me freaking out <laughs> it's a panic laugh yeah sure sure <laughs> um why so you did I was going to ask why is the biostatistic biostatistics research important but I think predicting health issues I think that's self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm trying to think what else. But yeah, besides doing like you know applying my skills for good, and um, I've always been interested in medicine and bio. 
or biology, I should say. And so this kind of just puts all of my, and computer science. So it literally puts all my interests together into one. It absolutely sounds like a Captain Planet of... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect way to describe it. I love it. I, I, I like these things. Well, when your powers combine... <laughs> <laughs> can make the world a better place. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I also saw uh, you explain in a lot of the interviews that you've done about uh, using AI research to help with uh, uh, predicting um, health issues. Aren't you a little worried that <laughs> your research with AI and uh, our anatomy and our health would lead to the robot uh, revolution? No. No? <laughs> well, that sells that. That <laughs> sounds not, like what a robot would say. <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the flashy answer, I know. Um, and it's funny because my tattoo artist asked me the same question. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Before we get to your answer, I want to know how your tattoo artist got on this subject. Because he asked me what I did, and I was like, oh, I'm a data scientist, and, you know, I do coding and I work in AI and prediction stuff and he was like oh my god are robots going to take over the world did he stop did he drop his needles like what? he did stop thank god <laughs> he was like still going but I assured him you know no it, it we're, we're going to be fine why how, how can you assure us that <laughs> um, I mean you know computers can only do what humans tell them to do they're wow. not for, for, for now, um, you know, once you want, <laughs> I, that, that, si you. that sigh sounds like you're telling me I'm stupid. Like, I love that <laughs> sigh. <laughs> no, no, no. And, like, I, I'm trying to, to figure out, like, the best way to say this. But, like, once you figure out, <laughs> the, <laughs> once you figure out what the computer is actually doing, it's not, it's, like, anticlimactic. It's like, really? Like, that's it? And you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> um, and so um, the only, th like, not the only thing, but one of the things that I think would be worrisome in this kind of realm is, you know, uh, data scientists and biostatisticians coming up with these algorithms to do these predictions and uh, people in the medical field just blindly accepting what they predict and oh. not, you know, not like augment, like not really thinking about it as well and being like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, because a lot of clinicians are very uh, afraid. They're like, you know, is AI going to take over my job? Like, why are we going to have doctors if this thing can say, yep, you've got lung cancer from looking at one scan. Um, and I'm like, no, 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 no. I would never trust a machine solely to give me medical advice. Um, it's there to augment your decision-making. And what I really want to do is have a, create um, a dashboard for each patient where your entire medical history can be kind of pulled up really quickly or maybe visualized or something. And so, um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's not like, I don't know. I really don't think it's going to be possible to, to, for machines to like, take over and grow i feel like uh i feel i feel like when when you when you said uh when you look at actually what ai does you're like really and it's anticlimactic 
I feel like that's the same way about every paranoia out there that once you find out what's really going on, you're like, oh, well, that's boring. It's not, <laughs> it's not this big conspiracy. It's just uh, incompetence of uh, politicians. Like. <laughs> yep. It's funny. <laughs> when I teach machine learning to my students, I was like, all right, guys, I know this sounds really scary and like magical. It's it's not. <laughs> like, here it is. And they're like, really, that's it? I'm like, yep, that's it. <laughs> I know, I know you've watched a lot of movies and it's exciting, but uh, it's not. It's it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting. It's cool, but it's just like, uh, you know, you can do it. It's easily learnable, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I, I love robot revolution movies. Uh, that's why whenever I talk to, you know, when, I don't even want to mention my the AI on my phone because if I do, it might interrupt this recording. Um, <laughs> but whenever. I'll always say please and thank you whenever I'm talking to the AI on my phone, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> I mean, that's good. That's a safeguard, right? <laughs> um, I, uh, I I always wonder which robot revolution is going to happen. If it happened, uh, would it be Terminator or would it be Matrix? And the one mm. I love about uh, – have you seen the Animatrix? No. In the Animatrix, there's a peaceful existence of people and robots. And all it takes is uh, all it takes is one it one um, instance of violence, and suddenly human beings just hate robots and treat them lesser, and that's what ruins everything. Um, versus Terminator, where it's like once the robot's like, "Oh, I'm a robot. All right, cool. Then I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna mess stuff up. <laughs> I'm now in in charge." Um, and I, I feel like the Matrix one is more realistic, even though it's not. It's fiction. Um, I would agree it... with you, though. <laughs> I think the Matrix is more, in terms of, like, if there could be a, a revolution or whatever, I think the Matrix is much more realistic. <laughs> sure. Um, it's actually the human beings that ruin everything because we're like, uh, oh, you, uh, you need solar power? Then we're going to destroy the sky so you can't see the sun. And the robots are like, we don't only need the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but when, when I heard about your research in uh, our health, I was like, mm, that sounds like a Terminator. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not quite that sophisticated. Nope. <laughs> um, but you've, uh, <laughs> this is a completely change of subject, uh, off, of, <laughs> off of the revolution, off of the apocalypse. Um, you've always loved math. Um, yeah. Where does that come from? From, you know, people who generally don't love math. <laughs> Which is probably most people, let's be honest. Um, oh, man. I don't know. Like, as a kid, <laughs> this is so nerdy. All right. We're, we're just pulling out all the stops. Um, yep. I just told you about the... Matrix and Terminator, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, being in California, we drove on the freeways a lot, right? Um, I would get bored. Uh, and so a lot of times I look around out the windows and there would be like a truck hauling wood or something. And I would count up all of the items in the back of the truck. And then I would like tell my mom and be like, guess what? Like there's that many things in the truck. And she'd be like, why do you care? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Cool. but>, uh... <laughs> okay, weirdo. Um, and then when we went to the store, if we were on a budget, I would love 
adding up all of the items and then trying to get like the exact number even with tax before we checked out to like test myself. Um, and I was always with it, not always, sometimes I was within like five cents or so. Um, so I don't, I honestly don't know. My, my biological father is very uh, mathematical. He never went to college or anything, but he was a mechanic and, and he's into like airplanes and stuff. Um, and so I think that's kind of where it comes from. Um, but it was just something that came naturally to me and I enjoyed and it made me feel cool, I guess, because not everybody liked it. I, I don't know. Um, and then in college, when you say that you're a math major, people are like, ooh, and they back away and then they're like, okay, change the subject because I don't want to talk about your major. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, and I thought that's I thought depressing. That was, I thought it was kind of funny though. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I've just like always been into it. Um, and oh, another thing too, which I only noticed in high school, really. I'm sorry, in college, I'd get into like this zone, which is basically just I'd be so focused on doing my problems for like homework or something that I would. Zone, like zone into it so much that the entire world fell away and I didn't notice anything for hours and it would just be like my happy place that's uh that's meditation there you go with numbers okay. I I just <laughs> I I learned it a few years ago that uh if you if you do a thing it doesn't have to be like when when I was younger I always thought the meditation was the whole humming at yourself or like and just <laughs> closing your eyes sitting down and like drowning drowning the rest of the world away then I found out, no, meditation is whatever you're doing that drowns out the rest of the world where you forget about everything. And I realized that when I draw, I'll forget about hunger. I'll forget about thirst. All the hours and the rest of the world will go away. And I'm just focused on the artwork. And that is meditation. And so mm -hmm. you doing math is meditation. <laughs> wow. That's way cooler than what I was thinking. But yeah, because I've been in the library for like nine hours straight. And once I kind of like surfaced from it, I was like, oh man, I'm hungry. I got a yeah, headache. Your body's, your body's <laughs> kind of rude and interrupting everything. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I should eat and like drink something. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not, that'll happen a lot where I'll stop drawing and I'll look at the time. I'm like, oh, that can't be good. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm kind of bummed out that people in, uh, you said college would back away whenever you would bring up your math, uh, math as your, uh, major. They back ah. away and like, change the subject or they would just be like, oh, cool. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> I, I find it annoying because I always love it when someone is, uh, focused or they're very passionate about something that I am not because I love hearing about it. I love being around it. I love, cause like if it's, if it's something that I'm not too familiar with, that means that I can maybe absorb some of, even if, even just passing by, I'll hear something and I'll find it fascinating and it'll be fun. I love it. I don't know. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I'm kind of the same. That's why I, I probably love talking to a lot of people being in a place School of Public Health, you have people from all over the world coming with like different backgrounds and interests and just talking to somebody, you're like, wow, this is interesting. 
Um, but you're like that for me because you can draw and I'm terrible at drawing. <laughs> so I'm always like, look at the Jimmy can just like pull this off. <laughs> I, I think that finding out about bio statistics is more interesting than hearing about my tales of uh, comic book conventions in my opinion. <laughs> No, definitely I'm not, not using my powers for good. <laughs> You're bringing happiness to people. All your Doodle Tuesdays, because I don't want to say the name, but yes. No, you can say the name. You can say the name. You don't want to say the name? Why don't you want to say the name? I don't want to utter that name. I just oh, hate him fair. so fair. much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that always made me laugh. And, like, I always look for your posts. And, and yeah, I just – I love seeing – your range and, and how you've changed from like what middle school yeah elementary school we went in elementary no school. i think it's i think it's middle did you go to deer canyon yeah all right yeah so elementary school <laughs> you and lenny would like yeah draw a bunch and i'd just sit on the bench and be like wow but see i think was lenny elementary school or was it junior high because i think it was Len no he was in elementary school because he did the goosebumps cover yes okay <laughs> <laughs> that is stuck in me for like 20-something years. Oops, sorry. I just banged the desk. That's okay. That's all right. It's, it's a passionate <laughs> subject. Goosebumps. You got to bang the desk. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, okay. So, speaking of uh, not using powers for good, uh, I do plan on doing a uh, – compiling all the Trump drawings. I'm going to color them, and I want to make them into a book. And I have this idea where I <laughs> – I get a lot of hate on those drawings, and I want to contact one of the biggest haters, or like I'm going to go through the comments and find a hater and ask them if they want to write the intro to my book. <laughs> <laughs> and tell them they can be as mean as they want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> wow. That, you got some guts there, dude. <laughs> I think it would be hilarious. And uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna go to any. I'm not gonna go to any person. Um, I want someone who. I want someone who can write. Um, I did notice that one of the haters is a songwriter, and he is actually pretty professional. And his arguments about hating my drawings are not the craziest. Um, they are. I'm gonna say misguided. But they aren't, because uh, like some some of the people that yell at me, they're like, "Oh, you should put Trump in long hair; it makes him look like a woman." I'm just like, "Well, that's a dumb <laughs> argument. Uh, thank you very much." <laughs> but this, because uh, I, I made a I made a drawing of uh, Trump giving the athletes fast food, and some guys like, you know, people are starving, and I'm like, that's not the worst argument. He's right. Um, I can't. I can't mock the food that much because some people don't have food. So that's mm. not the craziest argument. I'm, I think I'm going to ask them if they, if they want to write an intro for my book. That's <laughs> very interesting to see. <laughs> I just think it'd be really funny. And I, I, I like, I'm just worried about, I'm worried about them saying, Oh, I don't want to get too mean. I'm like, no, I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about me. <laughs> Bring it on. It's fine. <laughs> Um, did you ever find someone in college or at, at what point did you start finding people who weren't so taken aback by your math? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> never. I was like, uh, my PhD actually. Um, I don't know if it was a change in location. Cause like I got my undergrad from Laverne, my master's from Claremont graduate university. So <laughs> the two towns that are basically right next to 
each other and right next to our hometown. Um, And then I had to come all the way to the East Coast to to get my PhD. And so I don't know if it was a different environment or just a different school in general, but people here are like, they're like me, kind of. Like, I found my people. Like, (laughs) (laughs) they will nerd out every single day. Even at like eight in the morning, they'll be like, oh my God, let's talk about like counting the logs on trucks, this estimator (laughs) and and like whether it's biased and all these things. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, (laughs) And my students will even send me like links to articles they think I'll like, (laughs) which is so sweet and I love it. Um, And there's like memes and jokes. So I think it's just been here, really. Sometimes clinicians are like, whoa, what you do is like magic. But I'm like, no, it's not really. I think what you do is magic because, you know, being responsible for the health of a person, I don't want that that job. Totally understandable. That's a lot of pressure. (laughs) Definitely. I am, side note, I I shadowed one of my colleagues. He's a ICU uh, clinician one day and I watched him and three other ICU clinicians talk for 30 minutes about this one person because they could not understand how this person went from almost dying, like on the edge of death, to like really, really good health in six hours. And they were like, how is this even possible? We don't even know. And they were going over these like numbers of all of the measurements of like, you know, their blood and urine and all this stuff. And I'm just like, well, you guys don't have a magic bullet all the time. <laughs> you don't know what's happening all the time. That's interesting. Um, so that was kind of my first like, oh, this is a this is a difficult thing, and I never ever want to be an ICU clinician. <laughs> I it's it's weird because like I've I've heard stories like that happen often. I mean, my friend Mike was in the hospital and his skin started turning yellow. And all of his organs decided, you know what, we're done doing our thing. And then, uh, nah, he's 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 good now. He survived that. And the doctor, I think, I think there's still no actual consensus on what happened. Yikes. <laughs> and it's it's weird. Bodies are weird. I don't know. <laughs> like that. That's the that's the best answer I can give is bodies are weird. Um, I think more religious people were telling me uh, they were healed by the power of prayer. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> That's all I will say. <laughs> That's all you can say. That's fair. You know, you're 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 you know, you're an educator, so you don't wanna you don't wanna be accused of a liberal agenda, but uh <laughs> but I feel like uh whenever I hear someone say, Oh, I got healed really fast, I'm like, Oh, that's uh it's religion and it's like or bias are weird. <laughs> Or there's some crap going on inside that you just don't know. <laughs> sure. And I've I've told people that uh, uh laughter is laughter has such a really magical effect on your body and your health altogether. And it's like I don't know if a doctor can fully explain that because I know that they'll give me like more scientific terms about like hap- uh, laughter and uh what's going on in your brain when you laugh when you're happy when you're having a good time um 
But it's like even when I laugh uh, and I'm sad, it still makes me. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't want to say it's completely the chemicals in my brain, because I don't want to say I'm an addict to laughter, which I might be. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse things to be addicted to. <laughs> sure, sure. I gotta, gotta get my fix, so I'll watch this cartoon. <laughs> um, what types of uh? Well, no. First, before I get to that question, uh, living in Boston. The one time I went to Boston, um, I was upset because there were no accents. There, there was not the Bostonian accent until I encountered a cop. Yeah, cops, construction workers, um, politicians to a certain extent. Yeah. That's about, that's about it. Well, Unless I, you, know, you go to Southie and start like walking around the streets. Because like when when I was when I was younger, I had a Boston, a Boston accent for no reason, um, and I had to actually take speech class uh, to get rid of the Boston accent. My my, I just didn't. I was I guess too lazy. I don't want to say too lazy because then that makes it sound like I'm insulting the Boston accent. I just uh, was I wasn't attaching the R's whenever I said you know oh look at the cat, um, and still to this day sometimes that will come out and I'm like uh, okay. Um, and I remember when I was younger and taking bus, like kids would say, you know, uh, where are you from? I'm like, here. <laughs> Rancho. <laughs> so when I, went to Bo- when I went to Boston and I didn't hear any accents, like I was upset until a cop said, all right, guys, patty's over. Go home. And I'm like, yeah, there you are. <laughs> there you are. But, uh, but yeah, I thought the same thing um, until I made a couple of friends who were from the area. And then I was like, just please keep talking. <laughs> I need to get my fill. <laughs> tell, tell me about the, the guy accent. over there. <laughs> In Harvard Yard with his car. <laughs> you know, half a yad. Half a cat, half a yad. <laughs> um, so... You said that you talk to uh, folks in your field all over the world. Um, do you get a sense of uh, American uh, bias in the U.S. when you get to hear other people talk about a subject? Um, bias in what way? Um, I'm not sure because uh, <laughs> when I talk to, uh, for example, the pandemic, um, when I went into a group uh, conversation with uh, a, a gentleman in uh, Holland, um, someone in France, and another person in Sweden. It was refreshing to hear people talk about the pandemic so seriously compared to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, in terms of the pandemic itself, um, definitely different with people around the world. Um, I, I wasn't around in 1918, obviously. Uh, so I don't know how, (laughs) I don't know how we handled like the other pandemic (laughs) and if it was like a uniquely American thing, but, um, the handling of this pandemic has seemed uniquely American and, um, there's, I believe that there's reasons for that, but we'll get to that <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, there's, so most of the time when I talk to people from around the world, they're like, I just can't believe you guys don't have universal health care. Like yeah. having to pay, like having to go bankrupt because you had cancer 
which through no fault of your own, you know, you were just dealt that hand is just mind boggling to a lot of these people. Um, only having, you know, if you're lucky, 12 weeks of maternity leave is shocking to these people. In Sweden, they get two years um, and still get paid. Um, and so there's just these, I don't know if there's biases and just differences, but it, it does come up a lot. And um, I we do, I think, sometimes take for granted some of the things we have here, like well, I can't say this for everywhere, but like <laughs> clean water or um, a sewage system or things like that, you know, because that, that's a big spreader of like, you know, water and hand washing is a big spreader of disease in Africa um, and things like that. But yeah, there's definitely a difference. It's interesting to hear um, what other people have gone through in different countries and the different problems that they face. And I really like it because... Um, you get these different perspectives and you see the world through a different lens. And I think that helps tackle problems more efficiently, to be honest, to look at it in different ways and come up with more creative solutions. Um, so I kind of took your question and spun off on a tangent, but like. <laughs> that's the best, that's the best kind of answer. But yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely a difference. Uh, if you want to call it bias. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's definitely a difference between us and, and a lot of the rest of the world. For better. No, bi- bi- bias doesn't have to necessarily be the correct word. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's a, I feel like that's a projected <laughs> projected concept. <laughs> um, so one thing that has gone through my head this whole uh, all of uh, 2020 was that I want to talk to you about it because I remember years and years ago you told me that you were studying how you can utilize social media um to uh spread information about a pandemic or to counter a pandemic how to how to alert the public about a pandemic and i remember thinking man that's a scary thought thank god i won't have to hear uh, i won't have to think about it more seriously thank, thank god i uh that, that's a fiction that's a that's a good sci-fi dystopian story not real and then the pandemic happened and i was like well shit you I jinxed it on wood. jimmy <laughs> You jinxed it. It's all your fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> um, how, like, ha- have you seen, uh, have you seen any of your studies be utilized, or ha- did you have you been like backseat driving and been like, oh, you should have done this? <laughs> no, I've actually been very impressed with what colleagues and and just the public health community in general has done. Um, so I, I've had a couple of people, so what I was talking about, like the spreading of the, of information, especially with social media, even like physical contact networks, like who you go to work with, who you live with, stuff like that. Um, that's called like network science, uh, social network science. And so that's what my dissertation was about. But, um, I had a colleague who made this amazing, um, uh, it's not a graphic, but it's like a terrible, a moving graphic. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That has been the that has been the best thing I've seen in a while. Seeing a doctor go, uh, what's the word, and gesture in the air about the thing. 
Oh my God. That is the most validating thing I've ever, I've seen in a while. Thank you. I appreciate that. She come to my classes. Yeah. <laughs> get words all the time. They, um, they, made, they made a thingamajig. Okay, cool. They made a thing. <laughs> anyway, it was like, it's like a gif, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. Would be the, the equivalent. Anyway, it showed, <laughs> it showed how the people you spend time with physically, how fast the um, pandemic can spread. Um, if you didn't do social distancing and if you didn't wear a mask and then if you didn't wear a mask but you did socially distance and then the other way around and then if you did both and then if you just stayed the fuck home sorry uh, <gasps> uh and so she said about a word <laughs> I'm, animation oh my god that's the name oh animation you could have <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? I know. I was hoping it was going to be an actual, like, top term, not animation. Oh, God. I mean, you uh, can call this a visual simulation. That's that's better. That's so much better than you forgetting animation. I know. I know. It's terrible. I'm, I'm a terrible person. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that thing, you know? It's a thing. They move. It's visual. It's not uh, real. It's... <laughs> But it was it was nice and it was easy to comprehend and it was just I, I thought it was very, very effective. Um, and, and what I and so I've been very impressed by people who have made little short videos um, trying to get facts out there on how to stop the spread or flatten the curve or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, explain the terminology that goes with a pandemic. People didn't even know what pandemic meant. They didn't know what asymptomatic meant. They Her still don't. They still don't. That's a different story. Uh, herd immunity. No, it's the story. It's, it's the right. story. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, I guess. Yeah. Is what I meant. Um, and and there's been it's been interesting because as much as I've really loved seeing these animations and video clips <laughs> explaining these things perfectly, greatly, um, we in general, as public health people, as specialists or professionals, whatever, we're pretty bad at communicating <laughs> to the general public in terms that anybody could understand what we do and how we do it and why it's effective. So throughout this entire pandemic, people will be like, oh my God, the doctor said this thing a week ago. Now they've changed their minds. They don't know what they're doing. And there's been a lot of confusion and then like ultimately distrust right in in science and scientists the issue is you know as it should be the the news stations are keeping you informed they're keeping account of the cases and where the hotspots are and all those things what i don't think people understand sometimes is um um the scientific method we only have the data we can only work with the data that we have at the time and base our judgments and our decisions on that specific data, right? As you go through the pandemic, you're continuously um, collecting more and more data, more insights, more information, and you're going to be uh, the insights and the decisions that you make as you go. So to the general public, sometimes it feels, it seems like they don't know what the hell they're doing because they're changing what they're talking about all the time. 
And it's like, no, we're really trying to, you know, continuously figure out what's the best course of action, what's the best advice we can give to the general public. Um, and so while we've had a lot of triumphs in doing that, we've also had not so great triumphs, um, especially with like the CDC and the NIH kind of not agreeing on some of the guidelines all the time. Um, and some of the, honestly, some of the visualizations coming out of different departments of health in different states are quite terrible um, yeah. and misleading. I'm not gonna call one out, but I showed my class and they were like, that was published. Like, yeah, that was published. And that affected health policy. And um, you can't call them out? Okay, fine. It was the Georgia uh, Department of Public Health. <laughs> <laughs> they did get slammed on Twitter, so I guess I'm not like the only one mentioning it. Um, yeah. But it was completely misleading and, and led to them opening up before they should have. Um, like, not being in lockdown anymore. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I forget <laughs> where I was going with this. But anyway. Um, no, you were talking about you were talking about the use of social media, uh, and uh, you were also explaining the fact that because people don't know about the scientific process, um, people don't get that you ha it, it's it's not a linear it's not a linear easy progress. You we're we're all learning together, and I think the problem is is that for the most part, without social media no one got to see the process and so they get to see the end result and they're like oh they figured it out it's like but the figuring out part is tricky <laughs> exactly it's tricky it's it takes a lot of expertise and time and resources and yeah it's insane um so social media can absolutely spread facts quickly um it can also spread misinformation just as quickly yeah. Um, and so it's like a double-edged sword. It's a great tool, but it's also uh, in like to help your case. It's also a great tool to kill your case um, <laughs> and like so distrust in, in scientists. And I think the saddest part for me, and I think I was maybe naive <laughs> being a relatively young researcher, um, I was very surprised how Dis how people didn't trust science or didn't believe in science this entire time. I was like, this is what we do for a living. We've spent decades training ourselves to do this. And like, you know, Dr. Fauci has been at the NIH for I don't even know how long, decades, but like they are experts in their field. They know what they're doing. How do you not trust these people? You know, I just... And, and and you're not just throwing random numbers together. This is you spend out you spend hours <laughs> hours concentrating only on one thing more than most people will concentrate on cleaning their house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and it's like people have their PhDs in this. Like they've spent a ton of time doing these things, and it's not like they want to purposely trick the public, you know, and like make the pandemic spread. No, they're trying to keep you safe. Um, so yeah, that was, I think that was the most kind of surprising part, um, with, especially with like that kind of information spreading on social media. Um, I so that's kind of opened my eyes as a researcher. I remember, uh, in the summer, I think it was in August, my dad told me, he's like, don't listen to, uh, don't listen to, don't believe everything you hear on social media. And I told him, 
fair. That's a fair, you know, cliche. Um, but you don't know what social media I follow. So you can't say that all together because I love following the scientists and people in the field because they're they're not so quick to use big words. Like I feel like when uh one one for one example, um I read an article about this uh person who's trying to use uh I think it's algae to eat up plastics. And mm-hmm. I saw the article, the headline said, This person is discovering a way for algae to eat plastics. And I was like, I wanna find out more about this stuff. So I went to the scientist's Twitter and the scientist said, Hang on, there's a big difference of discovering and considering or like (laughs) like, (laughs) all they were doing was this could be a thing let me research the thing and figure out if it is a thing but the article because they want the headline to grab people has to be more dominant and it's like no don't don't worry about the headline so much the headline is supposed to tease you it's supposed to lure you in (laughs) read it (laughs) (laughs) don't go off the headline alone (laughs) read it and then your best option is to f- seek out the scientists to find out more. And scientists love to post stuff. You might not understand all of it, but at least try. <laughs> <laughs> that was another thing, too. We, especially in the quantitative sciences, we talk because we, we have to, we're trained this way, but we talk in a very technical way. And so actually breaking down what we mean is a skill. <laughs> so I think we're also trying to learn how to do that. But um, yeah, the headlines will make it seem usually either better or worse than it actually is. Um, and so I, I love that you kind of double check that. That's genius. I, I always, well, okay. For I was, argue, I was arguing with a Trump fan and this is my favorite example of like how people, how we're just, we're so screwed. Um, I, I, I was arguing with a Trump fan and I said that Trump lies all the time. And he said, all right, name one lie. And I was like, all right, cool. This is fun. Right, so, so <laughs> name one lie per day. Well, or? I asked him, I asked him, I need more specifics because he lies <laughs> a lot. And I was like, do you want to be, do you want before he was president? Do you want during his presidency or do you want, do you want it to be a big lie? Do you want it to be a small lie? And he said, it doesn't matter. Just name one lie. I was like, cool. And so I looked for uh, when he said that he had the biggest ratings for the uh, for the State of the Union address. And I know that's a lie. And so I Googled it, found the article from CNN. I was like, I don't want to show CNN because he thinks that CNN is fake liberal, news. is fake news. So what I did was I went down to their link because every article that's legitimate, they have citations that they can give you the information to get to the thing. So I followed the link. I went to uh, the actual nonpartisan site and I was like, there you go, there's the numbers. And so I sent the numbers to him and he said, that's not proof, that's just math. And I'm like, that's, that is what proof is. <laughs> just math? Yeah. <laughs> wow. How, how else do you figure things out though with yeah. numbers? That... And I felt, I felt so annoyed because I, I specifically <laughs> avoided CNN just to just to avoid him shooting it down. <laughs> That's just math. That's just how we quantify. But really, you know, I it want was, you to measure things that are not quantifiable. I don't know. It was at that moment. I was like, there is no reaching people. Okay. <laughs> you cannot throw logic at a lot of those people I found. And it's sad. And so I've actually lost a lot of friends. <laughs> on Fun. Social media. Yeah. But I'm like, you... 
no, there's no, there's no reconciling this. We're gonna, we're just gonna unfollow each other. Okay, okay. <laughs> I think I told someone when they're like, uh, how, how, why are you calling Trump fans cult? And I was like, well, I, I try to be nice, and that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what else to do when nice doesn't work. When I, when I explain with math, and I, I try to point out the details, and that doesn't work. What else is there? <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to make a country song? (laughs) You know, it might work. Just Uh, mention trucks and whiskey and you're good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, two characters I really love that are uh, are all hardcore about math uh, is the Count from Sesame Street. And uh, Donald Duck went to Math Magic Land. And it's one of my favorite movies. And I'm still upset that Disney Plus does not have it. How I didn't even know this existed. No. How? How do I not know this? I don't know. Donald Duck at Math Magic Land. It's uh, I bought it I, once. It, once I saw it on DVD, I had to buy it. Oh my god. Okay, I'm gonna go buy this now. Because when I was uh, when I was younger, the, uh, whenever teachers didn't want to <laughs> teach us stuff anymore, they would play a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? I've done the same. Just I kidding. believe it. When it's like, uh, Fern Gully, here you go. <laughs> Very underrated movie, by the way. Just underrated by it. who? A lot of people. That's not our, dumb. not our kind of people, but a lot. Okay, of because uh, what was it Don Bluth? It's it's a Don Bluth film. It's uh, it's got the amazing voice acting of Robin Williams and Tim Curry. I if if anyone told me to my face that they thought it wasn't that good of a movie, we'd have words. I I, <laughs> I don't. I don't think we would be that. That's that's when I'm not nice. <laughs> <laughs> don't insult Ferngully around me. <laughs> um, who do you think would win in a fight, Donald Duck or the Count? The Count. The Count? Why? Hands down. <laughs> so I was thinking about this. Um, I think because he would just start counting and, and lull Donald Duck to sleep. <laughs> Is Donald Duck? known to fall asleep easily because I, I don't know <laughs> just I feel, going off of anybody would fall asleep if you just started counting in front of them i feel like he would go into a berserker rage <laughs> okay i didn't think of that so maybe that yeah no no this is this is a question because like, i i i like to formulate my questions really uh if if it's not an easy answer that's the best kind of question because i was thinking about this that if donald duck got mad but Count has bats. He's got vampire magic. You like? I forgot about that. And he was like my favorite character too. This is sad. My mom. My mom always reminds me. She's like, "You were obsessed with the Count, and we should have known you were going to go into math when since you were like two, because you would just one, two, anyway." Ah, 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 but maybe ah. it's because he's my favorite. That's probably why I would say the Count would win. Donald can be very ragey. So See when you technically would when you said that you counted the groceries and tried to get as close as you can to the actual total with the taxes that's just smart shopping <laughs> counting the logs on a truck that's driving past that's <laughs> when that's when i was like all right now that's nerdy that's <laughs> that's me guess who still does it when she's not driving <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not going to mention my address, but I remember uh, you said you, you looked at my address number and you're like, oh, that's a math thing. And, I'm, and I remember me and my roommate being like, cool. 
yeah, that happens a lot too. <laughs> and, and I'm, uh, I, I just love that because like, uh, um, okay, for example, uh, I have the alphabet memorized. I know that A is one, B is two, and Z is twenty-three. And so if you tell me, uh, if you ask me what letter, what what number coincides with letter, what was that? Twenty-six. Yeah, Z, not twenty-six. Twenty-three is W. I know. I, I'm just, oh, shit. I totally <laughs> fucked that up. Um, no, Z is twenty-six. Um, when me and my friends were playing Batman. Um, we heard like a, a riddle going on on the radio and I noticed that all of the numbers he was blurring out are under 26 and I was like, he's doing the alphabet. And so I got my pencil and I was able to listen to what he was doing and be able to write it down as he was saying it. That's cool. Yeah, it was, uh, so when, uh, a lot of times, except for my example of how I know it, <laughs> where I say there's 23 let- letters in the alphabet, um, <laughs> I uh, I often will do that where I'll see the letters or the numbers and <laughs> put it in my head. <laughs> so I can understand you passing by an address and be like, oh. I'm <laughs> it's great when you need to remember your hotel room number. <laughs> so like 248, I'd be like, ooh, two times four is eight. Boom, done. <laughs> useless, useless skills here, but. <laughs> um. I, uh, so I know the Android, back to the pandemic, even though we're always in, the pandemic is ever present. Uh, um, back to it. So I know that the Android, I've heard that the Android set it up where if you test positive, you're able to put in the alert that you tested positive and it alerts everyone else who has the program turned on. Um, the iPhone just recently for me got that feature. Oh, I didn't know this. Cool. <laughs> Wouldn't this be a helpful, I don't know, information? For... Uh, <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Talk about amazing contact tracing. That's great. You're missing I, I... people who don't have them or don't have the app, but sure. You, I mean, you're getting some of the information, so that's always good. Yeah. Some of the. So I I feel like when I when I got that feature because I know some people I know. I know people at work that still don't believe they have to cover their nose. I have people at work who don't know what asymptomatic means, and I know people who uh, who think that the food the food the food processor in my lunchroom you can use your thumb to uh, pay for it. You put money in your account and you can use your thumb, and they're paranoid about the food place having your thumbprint. <laughs> and. I know that these are the same kind of people that will not trust setting up the feature on their phone for COVID. If they test positive, they can alert other people. But the moment I had that feature, I signed up, I turned it on. I was like, let's do this because I feel like participating in giving the information of COVID. I think that that's, that should be what we're all doing to give the data to the scientists so they can do shit with it. Yep. It it would definitely make it a lot easier for us and a lot more accurate. So, you know, I don't know. You said you, you said you can't do anything without the things. <laughs> yeah, you can't do anything without the data. So <laughs> we can speculate. Um, but yeah, no. Um, oh man, contact tracing in the beginning of the pandemic was, and I mean, I guess even still now, unless you know about this app or whatever um 
was so difficult because you have to go to the store. You come into contact with more people than you think you do on a daily basis if you're not staying at home the whole day, right? So it's, yeah, it's been one of the most um, challenging aspects of the, of the whole pandemic. And so I understand people with like privacy issues. I totally get that. But if you want to help stop the pandemic or end or slow down the spread of the pandemic, it's really good to, to give us that information. Um, you don't have to tell us like, you know, your age or sex or anything you know just if you've had it or not that would be useful. yeah <laughs> i i've told people that i feel like uh my life has become a low budget television show like it got budget cut because like uh, other tv shows you have a bunch of uh, uh uh different sets that you can be in and i'm like nope now i've, I've reduced to like two <laughs> <laughs> uh the station really cut the budget so now we're stuck in <laughs> two locations yeah <laughs> how it feels um, I guess I would know about that at more if I went out more <laughs> <laughs> like I personally like I, I work from home my husband generally goes to get groceries like I don't we don't live with anybody but we live in an apartment complex but like I don't I don't go anywhere so you know I just I don't know <laughs> don't have to really contact trace I guess <laughs> Um, so what would you say to anyone who's aspiring to get into biostatistics or anyone who's inspiring to, uh, I don't know, use their math for good? <laughs> yes, do it, do it. Um, one thing to help you get there besides math courses, right, is, uh, computer science, learning how to code, um, because, with computers, uh, especially for statisticians, we didn't actually, this, the, the field of statistics took off when computers became a thing. Because um, everything had to be by hand before or like with a small calculator and now we can do tons of simulations. And so there's been this explosion of work because of computers um, in the statistics field. So um, having the math background is crucial uh, but supplementing it with learning how to code in like Python or R is great and will really, really help you because it doesn't really matter what kind of math you're doing or where you go. You're going to have to use the computer and code eventually. Um, so, and, and now with all of the online courses that you can do for free, it's like super simple to just and you're on your computer a lot anyway, right? <laughs> so just use set aside like an hour or two a day and like you'll learn, you can learn how to program in like a week or two. It's not that bad. <laughs>